Thank you for tuning in to Big Ten On Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sports Network. This is episode eight. I am John Suarez, joined with my co-host, Johnny Nani. Johnny, how you been, man? Hey, I'm good, John. Uh, a little, uh, you know, we're cracking them here for, uh, you know, Wasted Wednesday, Blackout Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we're talking Illinois Northwestern week. So, uh, yeah, excited to get this one underway. Hey, duty calls. We can double down and we could black out in the comfort of our living rooms or bedrooms. And we could also get get the Big Ten on tap recorded. What do you say? Yeah, I'm down. So it is week 14 coming up. It is rivalry week. Our favorite week, Johnny. It is finally here. Northwestern against the University of Illinois. We're going to be there. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. I'm super excited to get to it. And we got Thanksgiving tomorrow, so it's just going to be a great weekend all in general. Black Friday, you know, this is a great time of year. So um, let's get to it, Johnny. What do we got going on on Saturday that we've probably chirped, like, our minimal listeners' ears off nonstop for the past two episodes? And... We just want people to show up. And what do we what do we got going on, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be anything, you should be consistent. So we'll be consistent with the message here. Yeah, we're having tailgate. Uh, we're having tailgate Saturday down in Champaign. Lot 42, 9 a.m. is when we're looking to get going. Uh, we should have the ONTAP Sportsnet flag out there. Um, it, it'll be a great time. Uh, John, you and I will be there. I believe your brother will be making the trek as well. Uh, possibly one of my other buddies uh, who I went to school with um, may be making the journey as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see who the crew is there. But either way, it's be a great time uh no you know rain or shine there'll still be beer uh there'll still be good times for sure uh we'll, we'll take plenty of pictures videos all that good stuff but uh yeah it's lot 42 9 a.m is when we're looking to start so you know that'll probably mean like 9 15 with getting into the lots and you know from where we're parking then walking over all of that kind of stuff so um yeah it's uh it's just gonna be a blast we've been looking forward to this ever since we you know even drafted the idea of big Ten on tap back over the summer um we've really been looking forward to this and we'd love to see some of the listeners followers out there um so if you're in champagne uh saturday i know tim donovan responded to us on twitter uh said it was kind of a game time decision so uh we shall see um you know just let us know you can hit us up if you can't find us or whatever and we'll post a picture so uh you know you can we'll set up the smoke signal so everybody uh can get us situated with us there um but i'm just looking forward to it john it's it's, you know not going to be the greatest quality matchup as we would have liked uh be great if both these teams were good and, you know, their stakes on this game it had implications of maybe not one of them going to the Big Ten championship. But if they, uh, you know, could force someone out or, you know, maybe someone playing for, uh, you know, a little more, um, that'd be nice. But either way, it's still big, you know, last game for seniors for uh, Northwestern guys and then uh, Illinois last tune up before a bowl. Yeah, dude, I am extremely excited. Like you said, 9 a.m. Be there, be square. Um, yeah. Rivalry week, it's definitely interesting like it always is. I feel like it always either matters to one team and doesn't matter to the other team or doesn't matter at all. So here's to looking forward to the days that maybe one day this game will decide the Big Ten West, but God forbid a a conference uh, or not a conference, a division switch up. That would be a hell of a time. But 
Johnny and I have talked about it. We plan on hopefully being able to do a tailgate for this matchup because it is a yearly matchup and make it an annual thing. That is our goal. Um, but yeah, so rivalry week, Johnny, what is, what has got to be your favorite Northwestern U of I matchup memory, whatever it may be. Maybe you got a couple, um, let's hear a couple of memories, maybe growing up, why this matchup has significance to you. Cause I know it has a little bit of significance to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it always does. It, you know, like you had said, um, it's just your in-state rival. Uh, it's a team that you're pinned up against for this rivalry week. So it's always just kind of been, you know, if you're an Illini fan from birth, it's like, you know, Northwestern's the bad guys and vice versa if you're a Northwestern fan, you know. So uh, that, that's how it's always been for me. I've been an Illini fan since, you know, a real young kid, uh, probably before I could walk. So um, it, it's, you know, some of my favorite ones, though, uh, you don't really get to appreciate it until you kind of get of the, you know, age where you can either imbibe or you're, you know, really more dialed into the team um it's always fun as a kid but you know a little more understanding of it when you're older so uh 2010 uh the game at wrigley field i mean that was a cool setting uh playing there even though we're both white Sox fans but i mean it, it was cool that you know the one more... fucking end zone yeah one end zone uh you know some ca- kind of crazy hijinks in there but i mean it was you know that game was supposed to be in champagne i believe originally so uh you know moving it up there to uh you know wrigley field and it was a cool just one-time thing it wasn't like they made it a uh, regular thing so uh, I enjoyed that and um, I you know I enjoyed the outcome it was a 48-27 Illini win there was a lot of orange in the crowd uh, my one cousin... of those games that's one of those games where the the final score didn't even tell the tale that was a beat down start to finish yeah. the Illini was... dominated Northwestern I remember watching that game and that was yeah not- Watch. Oh yeah, Illinois running backs were all over the place in that game, so uh, a lot, a lot of fun for me to watch. Um, but uh, my cousin, it, just because of that, you know, he was at that game with his brother, his older brother, who uh, went there as well. And you know, my cousin that I'm talking about, he went there too. Um, kind of a big reason why I became a U of I fan and went there myself. But he, in his um, college apartment, then he had had a really nice picture framed, uh, like kind of like a wide shot of the whole thing. So you kind of see all the crowd and like, you know, there were, it was like a play where they were like lined up. So, you know, you had the two teams like squaring off and it was just a really cool visual. It had the, like the Wrigley scoreboard and everything in it. Um, so th- that just kind of is a memory that always sits with me. Then another so, one, not, I, wait, I not, to, not to cut you off, but, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but Northwestern like rescheduled or they scheduled another game at Wrigley. So I hope they get that they? fucking, yeah, they play Wisconsin. Yeah. They're, Maybe next year, if not wow. the year after. And I, maybe, not, I don't remember. I did not know that. But, yeah, they. I mean, I would hope, you know, you live and you learn, um, you know, full, you know, don't make the same mistake twice. So um, I would guess that they're going to figure that out and maybe lay out the field a little bit differently than it was. Figure it um, out. Figure it out. Yeah, they should figure it out. But uh, then my second one, I don't want to take up all the airtime here. I'll let you get to yours. But uh, second one was just um, 2014 at Evanston. Uh, it was a 47-33 line I win. Um, I was actually, so I was a manager for the girls basketball team back in college. And that was my junior year. I was down in the Virgin Islands because um, the women's basketball team played a Thanksgiving tournament down there called the Paradise Jam. So I was watching from my hotel room, um, you know, hanging out with some of the girls from the team. Uh, oh. we, we, yeah, we were, we were all kind of going nuts uh, because you know that that clinch bowl eligibility um they, they were uh that made them six and six in that one um you know nice celebrate on the beach uh after that so uh that, that was that was a good memory unfortunately they lost that bowl game but hey uh getting there is an accomplishment for illinois so those got to be my two how about you you know what you are right because that that 2014 game was probably the last game that had significant meaning because both teams went into that game five and six 
was Northwestern. Northwestern. I, didn't, I didn't realize Northwestern. I do remember it now because that was Trevor Simeon's senior year, and he got hurt the week before at Purdue. Northwestern, they were weird that year. But Zach Oliver was a senior, and he made his first career start. And, I mean, he did all right. It didn't do too hot, though. So, I mean, I knew kind of going into that game, kind of like I know going into this game, that I don't expect too much, but a win would be nice. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that game was interesting to watch for sure, though, and it was very high scoring. And that was back when, um, God, who was the white receiver that was always hurt for you guys? Not to be disrespectful about it, uh, Mike, Mikey Dudek. Mikey Dudek, dude, that dude was a mm-hmm. fucking animal, and he, yeah. I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. he had a pretty good game that game. So yeah, yeah, that was that was before the uh, you know one of the two ACLs. So uh, you know he uh, poor guy he wasn't. Yeah, poor guy. I'd feel bad for him, but he wasn't. You're right. During that season, he was an absolute animal. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, speaking of holiday tournaments, we'll get into that a little bit later. Northwestern's Hoops did play in a holiday tournament, so we'll dabble into that a little bit. But yeah, back on topic, rivalry week, favorite matchup of all time has to be the 2012 matchup. It was Thanksgiving week. It was my first uh, Northwestern game that I ever went to, Johnny. So well, that's a good one to go to. I was, I've been a huge Northwestern fan for probably the better part of about 15 years, but... I did not I was I never actually went to a game until probably about like four or five years into my fandom. I actually went to a basketball game before I went to a football game. Um back when like John Sherna and uh Juice Thompson and Drew Crawford played and like I think that was in twenty eleven, uh against Iowa. So but that was yeah, it was a great game. I had seats right on the fifty. My mom treated me for an early Christmas present that somehow came before Thanksgiving. Don't remember even how that happened, but I'm pretty sure I'd like had a good grade on a test or some shit. I was still in high school, so <laughs> But yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was back in like the King Coulter days. King Coulter, one of my all-time favorite NU quarterbacks for sure. Um, other than that, I- I've just significantly enjoyed the last like couple matchups. The last one being a very close one, and then other than we that, had, just we had fifty dollars last year on it. Remember? We did. We did. We were just hammered at the bar and just threw fifty on it. And I don't even yeah. know how we let ourselves make that bet. And I mean, we could probably make another bet this year. Fuck it, honestly, because. We're going to get into it, but Northwestern might have a quarterback now. Yeah. But they might. So, they might. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword might. So, but yeah. other than that, um, you know, just growing up, even back in the old days when it was like Dan Person and fucking Juice Williams, dude, like mm-hmm. there was a game that went to overtime, I think, in Champaign when I was way younger. Um, I have the wins of PD pulled up. Maybe it was the 2009 game. 21-16 was the final. I don't know how that would be possible in overtime. But, I mean, t- there was a game when I was younger that just really, really drew me into this rivalry. And it made me kind of say, like, I really want to go to the NU-U of I game as much as I regularly can. I've been to, th- uh, this will be my third Northwestern U of I game. So that's one every, like, two, three years. I'm kind yeah. of now that yeah, I'm well, an adult, we're gonna try. I'm gonna try and go every year. Yeah, ho- hopefully now you know this starts a nice tradition for us uh, of us you know with Big Ten on tap finally being established here. Um, you know, plenty of time to lead up to it, uh, promote it, all that good stuff. Um, like you'd said, hope I really hope it does become an annual thing because that'd be a bunch of fun and kind of a good way to uh, you know round out the Thanksgiving holiday. I feel like it can kind of be let down um, afterward. You know, especially if you're into Black Friday. I'm not all that crazy about it, but you know, some people are. It can be you know Thanksgiving. You're with the family, getting doing all that, and then you got you know friday and then you just kind of you know lay low and you know watch those games saturday but uh for a rivalry game especially for us diehard fans of uh, each of these posting teams here um they're definitely something that you want to be at oh yeah 100 percent, dude and and yeah to loop back on black black uh, i was about to say black friday 
Um, not the biggest, not the biggest Black Friday fan. I I was more of a fan of the old style setup when it was like actually like later in the night, not the like leave your Thanksgiving party so you can go shopping time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, other than that, that's all we got for our intro, guys. We're gonna definitely move into some news reads here, Johnny. I will let you kick it off. It looks like you guys had quite the eventful week, so let's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, let's let's hear it, man. So the the word of the week for Illinois news is uh you know, questionable. Uh, and you're going to hear me say that about 10 times here in the next uh, minute and a half. Um, Jake Hansen, he uh, missed his second consecutive game at Iowa. Uh, you know, he had been the rock in the middle of that defense. He is questionable again this week. It's an unspecified injury. Like I said, I think it's kind of just an accumulation of being banged up all season, but uh, he's questionable. So we'll see if we get Jake Hansen on Saturday. Uh, Wooly Batiku, he had finally come back. He had been out since the Wisconsin game, left that game early with an ankle injury. I know it was an ankle for sure. That's what they're tending to. And I believe uh, Jeremy Werner of 24-7 Sports reported it at the time. But he finally came back um, against Iowa last week, and now he's questionable again. It says unspecified injury, but if I were to guess, um, he probably uh, tweaked that ankle again. He only had one hurry, so definitely not as effective as he was early in the season, really causing havoc for uh, opposing quarterbacks. So that's Wooly Batiku, questionable. And then um, Reggie Corbin was pulled early in Iowa. They are kind of working on him on the sideline, you know, taking his helmet away. So then uh, Dre, Dre Brown kind of carry the load uh, in the backfield there, and Rayvon Bonner got back into the mix. Um, but he, he did come back in later in the game and uh, had a couple more carries. Um, but he is questionable again this week. So uh, I believe that was lower body as well. I'm going to go with calf or ankle. That's what they were working on on the sideline. So um, linebacker Delano Ware, questionable. Um, defensive lineman Jamal Woods, he missed last week with the stinger. Um, that was a little bit of a late announcement there. So he wasn't on my injury report, but they announced that, you know, like the morning of, um, as they do a bunch of these times, uh, to kind of throw the other team off. Uh, he's questionable this week. Um, running back to Kari Norwood, he's a little bit further down the depth chart. But if we're going to have all these injuries here, um, you know, you want to have everyone full go. Uh, undisclosed re- reasons is why he missed uh, last week, questionable this week. Uh, wide receiver Dominic Stampley. One another guy that's kind of a little bit lower on the depth chart than the guys that usually get the targets, uh, but he missed his second consecutive game and questionable again this week, unspecified injury. Thank you, USA Today. And then uh, the only other thing, it's senior day, senior day for Illinois. Um, I'm not going to go and read through all of them, but, you know, some of the notables there, uh, Reggie Corbin for sure. Um, so um, I really hope that he's able to play and he's good to go for senior day. But either way, it'll be a good way to uh, honor them because I am predicting an Illinois win in this one. So uh, get into Northwestern's news. It's literally the worst when people can't play on their senior day. It breaks my heart. Like, that's yeah, I like, feel so bad it, for it. Especially if the injury happens, like, right before it. Like, if they're mm-hmm. out for the whole year, like, yeah, I st- while I still feel bad, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but at the same time, like, if you just get hurt, like, the game before, like you had kind of said about Corbin, I hope he's good to go, dude. Yeah. It, it, like, just for his sake. Not for yeah, not for Northwestern's sake, but for just for his sake. Like, yeah, I mean, you feel you're human beings, and, you know, they dedicate so much time and effort into this. You just feel bad for them uh, if they're not able to, you know, do what they're super passionate about on the day that they're supposed to be honored. So uh, definitely Corbin, with you on that. Corbin's one of those, like, fringe NFL guys. He can maybe be a kickoff return specialist. Definitely, mm-hmm. like, the prototype. I don't know if he, like, has ever done that for you guys. But it could be the last time he steps on a football field, you know? So Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, heading on into the Northwestern news, it's not as heavy. I mean, it's been kind of a shitty year, guys. So not too much going on. 
Um, Hunter Johnson did start last week, and I do want to apologize for that because I had no idea that he was planning on starting. I had every intention of Northwestern starting Andrew Marty um, based off Aiden Smith was listed as doubtful. And um, Aiden Smith did suit up for the game. He was on the sideline, fully suited, um, didn't get into the game at all. He is listed as second string on the depth chart going into this week. So I think he more so just lost his job at this point. Um, he did take quite the shot at the end of that Purdue game, but or at the end of that UMass game, leading into that game against Minnesota. But I don't really think it was something to necessarily keep him out. I think he even went back into the game after. So that was something interesting to see. But um, sophomore, redshirt sophomore quarterback Andrew Marty out of Cincinnati definitely stepped up. Going to get into that a little bit. But Johnny, this dude is 6'2". He's like 230. He's big. Wow. Wow. Maybe he's even like 6'4". I don't even remember. No, he's 6'3". That's what he is. Um, but yeah, he's a big boy. So other than that, moving on, speaking of other big boys, Northwestern's freshman running back Evan Hull, he is also pretty large. I think he's like 230. He's been ruled out. And I actually want to talk about this with you for a second, Johnny, because this is something that's interesting that hasn't necessarily happened frequently in the past with a player of note. And Hull... Stepping up the last two weeks, leading the team in carries, leading the team in rushing yards the last two weeks. Obviously, two of our better offensive performances over the year being ruled out to preserve his red shirt, not because he's hurt. They're trying to preserve his red mm-hmm. shirt. He's played in three games. If you play in, or I think he's, or yeah, I think it's five. It's, so he yeah, played it's, in four. Played in four. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I knew it was either if you play in four or play more than four. So other than that, he has played in four games. So he's not going to suit up. Um, this weekend against the Illini. And I think in this situation with, you know, Northwestern being two and nine, this game really not mattering broad spectrum in terms of the f- action. It's, and I mean, we deal with this with the White Sox all the fucking time with mm-hmm. the year of control. Um, this is more so like, I just hope that the player is okay with this because at this point you're just kind of manipulating him because he's earned his right to be on the field. So yeah, I don't want that to like. You know what I'm saying? So like, what's your mm-hmm. what's your viewpoint on this? I don't know if Illinois has done this in the past, maybe with the player in note or anything. That this is the first time it's caught my eye, and I've been yeah. a Northwestern fan, like I said, for about 15 years. They've never actually done this to an extent where it's made me be like, eh, I want them to fucking play. I would, I want to beat you guys this weekend. I'm sorry, like we have nothing else going for us. The rivalry game. This is our bowl game, basically. So I want to win this weekend, and we're our best running back that we've been servicing over the course of the season, essentially, is a no-go. Yeah, I, I mean, so I see both sides of it. Yeah. Um, it, You know, with the record, like, sure, it's like, yeah, there's a pride thing. You obviously want to win. You want to win every game. That's why they play the frigging game. But, um, it, you know, with the way the season just kind of crumbled on them, uh, I don't blame the, you know, coaching staff and, like, these guys when you risk injury, too. There's, you know, multiple layers that go into this. So I see it from that side. Um, And, and then I guess my uh, other justification for it would be they're not making these decisions with, without consulting them and having a discussion with these guys. So it's not like he's blindsided by this news. You know, it's not like he's like hearing it from the media or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So you, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's, he's probably understanding to that and uh, would like to make an impact for a full season next year. And, um, you know, then have an extra one under his belt. 
Um, and he still got to get some experience here. So um, I, I probably, if I was in your situation, I know, you know, I'd be, you know, pissed that he's not playing in the game that I'm going to and that you know, want to see and want to win and he can be a part of uh, the offense that helps you win. But um, at the same time, you got to look big picture here because yeah. um, it, it's just, you know, like you said, the record, I think, man, two and ten. Like if you're going for a bowl game here, I think you absolutely play him. Um, and he would probably, you know, be all about that and wanting to. Um, but it's, it's just not in the cards for him. So I, I kind of side with uh, the decision that was made here. That, that's just mine. Uh, but if you ask about Illinois, I honestly, it probably has happened in some way, shape or form, but I, uh, I don't really remember if it was anyone like super like impactful or, um, anything like that. So I can't remember a specific instance off my, off my head. So, uh, kind of, you know, catches me for the first time, like it has you. I just feel for the kid because he's just now hitting his groove. And, you know, the Illini, I'm not sure how their run defense looks. You could probably fill me in on that as we're chilling over the weekend. But And I'm sure I'll see firsthand for myself. But it's just I've, I'm pretty sure one of the games he literally only played like five snaps. I think it was the Ohio State game. And it was it was garbage time. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, are you really actually managing the redshirting of these players? I mean, it, it, he kind of came out of nowhere. We're, our running back room super thin. He didn't come out of nowhere. He was, a, I think, he was a three, maybe four star recruit. But just a, no one expected him to really play this year. So, I mean, for him to like kind of be thrust in the spotlight, I just feel bad that he was used in like a shitty situation when he could play this whole game, but he's penalized for not being able to play this game for like he probably played one drive. I, I think he played, said he played five snaps. So that yeah. normally equates that, to about one drive. That sucks. But then you also can't, you know. Yeah, it, with the, the that kind of pisses me off then too. I didn't know that 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 came against Ohio State in garbage time. So yeah, you get you know upset at the coaching staff and whatever for not managing it better. Um, but uh, you know, it, also at the same time, you kind of got to go with what's in the moment, uh, and you yeah. can't really pre- you can't really predict the future. So um, yeah, exactly. I don't and know. That's it, that's what sucks. Yeah, and like that that the only way you look back on those five snaps is this exact moment right now. You know what I'm saying? No one thinks mm-hmm. anything of it as it's happening. So. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? It's like, sure, it's upsetting right now uh, to an extent, but come think about it now. If he's a freshman now and he's going to be a redshirt, think four years down the road now. You're going to be ecstatic that you have him for another year. I hope so, and I hope he can stay healthy. That would be awesome because he does seem like he's going to be exciting to watch. And he's like I said, he's he's big already, so I'm already assuming that he's just going to grow with the strength and conditioning that like college programs provide you, regardless of where you're at. You're just going to yeah. grow at that point. Um but yeah, Northwestern is normally historically pretty good at getting players like to f- fulfill their potential bodies. But um, anyways, Teddy Greenstein came out today with a pretty cool article about um, Northwestern and like Illinois, more so from Northwestern's perspective, um, leading up to the Northwestern-Illinois rivalry, a couple tidbits about the current team and some info about past teams and past games. It was on the Tribune. It was pretty cool. I'm not sure if you had a chance to check it out. Um, I just had checked it out like right before we started recording and I'm pretty sure it just came out today. So I don't expect you to, uh, have seen it yet, but definitely check it out if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, he had put an interesting little note in there and this is something that no one has really talked about at all throughout the course of the year. And that is a team captain on Northwestern Bennett Skoranek, who, I mean, we have talked about in episodes past, we're going to eventually hopefully try and get him on the show. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I mean, obviously the program, him getting injured was like the worst thing to happen because he obviously wasn't, wasn't going to be able to say too much on our show while he's hurt. So he came out and said that he's going to be going pro. He had the chance to redshirt. We talked about it in, I believe episode two or episode three of the show that Mm -hmm. he hasn't redshirted yet. He had the chance to become a medical redshirt. And TJ Green, his uh, cousin, actually, might be coming back for a sixth season, which you do not see often, but he had a uh, academic redshirt, and he might also be receiving a medical redshirt, which would provide him that sixth uh, senior season. Super, super senior <laughs> is yeah. what we like to call it around here. But that, that would actually be really cool, and that would hopefully solve our quarterback issues next year for at least the time being. But he's going to forgo that uh, medical redshirt. He's not even going to seek it, and he's going to try and go pro. Which, I I mean, I hope it works out for him, but I just don't really, I mean, coming off of an injury and not being, like, overwhelmingly Outstanding. A, a pro prospect, you know what I'm saying? It's a risky move, but, I, I mean, he's obviously he's going to get his degree this, this spring, so it's, it's his gamble to make, and yeah. I hope it works out for him. I really do. I'm going to miss seeing him. I never, th- I, you know seeing him in that Stanford game and seeing him get hurt, I didn't think that exact moment that that would be the last time that I would see him this year, you know? So it's tough. You never expect it to happen. And it would have been nice to see him get that red shirt and come back next year and definitely lead a young receiving core that has been struggling. So um other than that that's pretty much it for the northwestern news heading into this week we got a couple of we had uh two games last week two losses i had said it was our last chance to get two wins i was completely wrong there so (laughs) (laughs) two ugly 11 a.m kicks one game was very lopsided for a very long time and one game was very close so let's talk about the most the close game for there was close for the most part so let's talk about that game first yeah, uh, Illinois fell 19 to 10 in Iowa City uh, last Saturday. You know, like you'd said, uh, close. It was close for most of the game. Um, it was, you know, Sean Roberts and I, when we did the preview, um, hope you enjoyed that too. Sean gave a lot of good uh, Iowa insight on that. But uh, we had both predicted low scoring games. They scored even lower than we had predicted. So, uh, you know, we, we were pretty much spot on with that. Uh, it was a bit of a defensive bout. The only touchdowns came in the first quarter. Um, I believe Iowa scored on their first drive, I want to say. And then uh, Illinois answered. Um, actually, I think it was Iowa's second drive. And then uh, Illinois answered after that. Um, and that was their only touchdown of the day. Uh, Donnie Navarro got wide open on a little fade route. Um, I believe it was like 38-yarder. Uh, that he caught and ran in the end zone untouched. So um, that, that was seven to seven at that point. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the, there, you just look at this uh, and it's frustrating from an Illinois fan's perspective because, you know, they hung with them still. And, you know, that score isn't bad. It's not a blowout or anything. It was close the whole game, still competitive. Uh, but they had opportunities and they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they turned over three times uh, and they only had one takeaway. That's not very lovey ball like that's uh, not, you know, what their MO has been all season. So that was frustrating. You know, all three of those turnovers coming from your starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, as well. Um, so that hurts. And then also at the very end of the first half, uh, just an absolute dog shit sequence. Uh, Illinois put themselves out of field goal range um, and then Iowa gets the ball back and all they need is two plays to uh 
you know, go get into their field goal range and they kicked the field goal with uh, 12 seconds left to make it 13, seven. So, you know, it, you're looking at uh, this being a 10, 10 game going into half. Uh, instead it swung 13, seven in favor of Iowa. Um, then there's no scoring in the third quarter. Uh, McCourt made a field goal uh, with uh, 10, um, this is after Iowa had uh, recorded a field goal. Uh, McCourt made a field goal uh, with 10:52 left to make it 16-10, but that was the last of the Illini threat. Um, Iowa kicked the field goal late and make it 19-10, which ended up being the final score. And it was just a little frustrating because you know Illinois wasn't going to come back, but they're still on the you know drive, and you never know crazy shit can happen in college football. Um, but realistically, they weren't going to come back uh, either way. You know they're airing it out every play, and Peters rolls right on a play. And um, an Iowa linebacker had come out and, you know, Peters had gotten rid of the ball and you can count on, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And then the guy clocks him in the head with leads with the helmet, gets him up high, kind of in the you know jaw area, uh, head snaps back a little bit and he's down and looks like it could have been a concussion. So um, it, there's been no ruling on that. Brandon Peters is not on the injury report uh, that I get from USA Today. So I'm not sure exactly what his status is. It's been kind of hush on that as they usually are. You know, I heard. When I was in the injury report there talking about all the unspecified injuries, um, he's not even on that. So we'll see what the status on Brandon Peters is for Saturday. Um, but if he's not in, you know, his backup, Matt Robinson, came in. And granted, that's a really tough situation for a freshman quarterback to come into. Um, but, you know, he got even just in that little sequence then that he had he got sacked twice uh, through an incompletion that probably could have been intercepted. But, you know, I was trying to bat the ball down, not pick it off there. Um so uh, that that was it. That, that was the game. It was a rough day for the big playmakers. Josh Matterbebe only four catches, thirty six yards. Uh, had a couple of drops. Uh, that's coming off a monster game that he had at Michigan State. So that was a little bit tough uh, to watch. And then also a rough day for Peters. He was sixteen of thirty one, one hundred twenty five yards. He had the one touchdown pass to Diane Navarro. Uh, he led the team in rushing yards of seventy six. So um, I always got a stout defense, and no doubt about that. But still concerning on Illinois' part because they need to run the ball as well to complement the pass game uh, if they're going to be successful. Uh, and like I mentioned, the turnovers, uh, Peters fumbled the ball twice, uh, lost one of them, and then he also threw two picks on the day. So uh, it wasn't a terrible day overall for the defense. Uh, they had some stops that you know gave him some life. But uh, bottom line is you got to score to win uh, football games. It doesn't take rocket appliances to figure it out, John. Um <laughs> and it's the fewest points they scored all season. Uh, next lowest that they scored was 17 at Minnesota. So uh, 10 points being the lowest they scored all season. I just pray to God that Brandon Peters is healthy and in because uh, it looked like it could have definitely been a concussion uh, with the way that he went down and whatever. And he he did get up and, you know, walked off under his own power, didn't need to be helped off or anything. But they um, obviously had to go to Robinson for those last couple of heave hoes. Um, so uh, interesting situation here. Uh, tough one to swallow. Sucks when you shoot yourself in the foot. But I'm glad they played him competitively. Um, I hate moral victories. But at the same time, when I looked at the schedule, you know, before the season or during any part of that four game losing streak, I would have said that we were going to get rocked by Iowa, a team that had beat them 63 to nothing last year. So um, I, I guess I will take it. And, you know, we're already bowl eligible, so it's not like uh, not sweating it out as much. So um, I'll I, I can live with it. Um, I would have liked to see them be a little bit more opportunistic in this game, though. So that's my assessment from Illinois, Iowa. Like I said, the final score was 1910 um, Iowa. So that snapped Illinois four game winning streak. So. Uh, that's all I've got, John. Uh, why don't you take it away with the Northwestern Minnesota game? Yeah, um, all good things must come to an end. I was watching that Illini uh, Iowa game for quite some time. I have the two TVs set up in my family room, and I want to say 
It was a close game, and they let Iowa score late, did they not? Because I had, it was like... A, it was all field goals from... The, the only touchdowns were in the first quarter. Okay. And then yeah, everything yeah. else other than that was a field goal. Yeah, uh, so Iowa I think I had, I think I had like... Because I made a bet for, like, Illinois, like, plus six and a half. And it was, like, I was sitting pretty. I looked fine. And then they, like... I think they might have had a turnover late or something. Or, like, just Iowa just got a field goal, like, late. Yeah, it was, like, just, it was, like, 244 left. Yeah. Oh, that field goal fucked me, Johnny. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just sucks that the offense couldn't get it going to the caliber that they have been getting it going all season. Iowa, obviously, has a pretty good defense this year. Not the best defense in the Big time, but they shut us out, too. So, you know, two games combined only giving up 10 points, that's that's pretty good. And especially against other Big Ten opponents, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving into Northwestern Minnesota, a game that started very quickly for one side. Minnesota got off to a very early twenty-one to nothing lead. Uh, three beautiful offensive possessions uh, with great field position, complemented by awful Northwestern opening possessions. That you know, Tanner Morgan is at that point where he knows how to win, even though he's just a sophomore. And he got the scoring going early. You know, Minnesota runs a lot of slant routes, a lot of fucking slant routes, something that doesn't show up in a stat sheet, something that you would have to watch film, which I don't watch film on Minnesota that I was not prepared for that our zone coverage that it has holes in it. So they were exploiting them early. And I mean, at halftime, Northwestern definitely made adjustments and they looked honest to God, like the better team in the second half to me. But to get into it, to start, like I had said, Hunter Johnson started the game for Northwestern, which was not expected. We had talked about it on the show last week. I kind of said, I think they should shut him down, which at this point he definitely is because he's not listed on the two-depth this week. He's actually listed on the injury report, and I'll get into that in a second. But Hunter Johnson, uh, I think he played the first two, maybe three, uh, I think it was the first three drives, and just couldn't get the ball moving at all. I don't think they had a positive pass play until like almost halftime. So that was tough to watch. Not great. Um, not great at all. So it was a third down play that Hunter Johnson lined up in the gun. And I'm pretty sure Minnesota either blitzed seven or eight. They definitely brought a lot and they blitzed their safety. Antoine Winfield Jr., who I had talked about a little bit going into the pregame uh, preview of Minnesota. And he made Johnson pay for not watching his blind side because he got absolutely leveled, fumbled the ball. You could tell he did not see the hit coming whatsoever. And it was tough to watch. Johnson was very gingerly to get up, ended up basically getting carried. Essentially, he was like dragging his feet. It was tough to watch. It was really tough to watch. He was this is a kid that. And not only do I want him to succeed, I bet you he more than anybody wants himself to succeed, especially being in the position that he's in, not succeeding. You know, he had his chance at redemption against Indiana, got hurt, didn't play for a couple of weeks, had his chance to come back again for another redemption, kind of like no one really saw it coming, a little bit of Fitz fucking trickery. And it just it's just not going to work out this year. I really hope it can work out in the future. We still have two years of eligibility left of Hunter Johnson after this, so... I hope he eventually does pan out. But Northwestern doesn't have a history of getting their uh, five-star. They've had a couple of, I think, two. No, just one. Kyle Prater, a five-star recruit transfer in the past. And, you know, recruit rankings piss me off because a five-star is a five-star. You know what I'm saying? But 
they have these high expectations for these kids that some of them don't fully develop. You know, Johnson was rated as the number one overall quarterback prospect coming out of Indiana. You don't see that often. So I don't really trust that shit. But anyways, yeah, other dude, than that, it's, it's think about all the uh, middle dwelling prospects in the White Sox farm system that have absolutely shot their value with underperformance. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, on the day, he was 0 for 2 passing. It said he had four carries for negative 40 yards. He really got sacked three times. I think he may have actually ran the ball once. But he had that fumble when he got hit by uh, Winfield, and that was it. They brought in uh, Andrew Marty, who I had said would probably get the start, who they should have fucking started. No offense to Hunter Johnson. But he came in, and he looked he looked good, dude. He didn't look, like, dominant. Don't get me wrong, but he looked like it was a breath of fresh air for sure. After what I've been watching for fucking 13 weeks to this point to watch someone come in and not only like, I mean, the stats are nice. He was eight for 10 for 95 yards and a touchdown. He ran the ball 16 times, 52 yards, two touchdowns. They got the ball in the red zone three times with him in the at quarterback and they scored all three times against a defense that has only lost one game all year. I'm gonna yeah. take that. I'm gonna take that. That was that was definitely a positive to walk away from that game. And just what doesn't show up on the stat sheet is this dude just played with heart. Like I'm gonna talk about it in a minute about the Northwestern basketball team. They have someone that is a kind of an unlikely candidate that's just playing his ass off and just playing with grit, you know, and just just having that it factor, just being able to be the guy. So Obviously, he played three quarters. I'm not calling him the guy, but he showed flashes of being able to be dependable, which we haven't seen. So moving on, Evan Hole, like I had said, has been shouldering the load the last couple weeks for Northwestern. He had 14 carries. He only had 51 yards. Wasn't the greatest outing. I had said he, I mean, coming off of that crazy output against UMass to not expect that. Obviously, tone it down a little bit. Drake Anderson came back on the scene and had 11 carries, but he only had 34 yards. So Drake Anderson been mightily struggling down the stretch here at the in the back half of the season. Someone that at the beginning of the season looked like he could be a reliable back. So not only is quarterback a position that they've been struggling with this year, running back definitely a position that they've been struggling with this year. Wide receiver was initially a position that they've been struggling with this year. So it's just not – I mean, you kind of need those fucking people to win. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of. Um, yeah. Moving on, it was not officially released on the injury report, but Isaiah Bowser was not listed on the two deep depth chart that Northwestern releases every Monday. And um, I, at this point, you could assume that he's shut down. Um, he had a lingering injury that clearly bothered him all year. Uh, he was he last played in that Purdue game, I believe. So I hate to see him not be able to come back. And that was another guy. He's a, he's a true sophomore, you know. Um, I think he only played in like six games this year. Another guy that was like a fringe, maybe could have been able to redshirt. They're not going to grant him that medical redshirt. He definitely played too much. But one of those guys where if he's really as hurt as he is and we're playing like shit, why don't you redshirt him? You know what I'm saying? So hate to see that. Uh, I hope he comes back fully healthy next year because he will presumably be the number one running back after what I've seen this year with, I would assume Hole and Anderson kind of splitting the carries. Look at me already talking about next season. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, the wide receiver play, nothing too serious. Um, Marty just kind of, he was making third down conversions, and he had one really nice tight pass 
uh, on the corner pylon in the end zone for sophomore wide receiver Jace James for his first career touchdown. And that play actually ended up making it on the top 10. I believe it was number eight on SportsCenter's top 10 for college. But it was, it was a nice catch. So um, that made the game 21-9 to at that point and actually gave the Wildcats a little bit of life. And they kept it within like a two-score radius for mostly until the end of the game. So other than that, uh, Riley Lee's has been the most consistent Uh He's. I'm not gonna say he's been our Josh Matter baby because he's not even fucking close to that level. But he yeah. has been. He has been trying to anchor down what Skoranek's workload would have most likely have been. So it's. It was nice to see him. He had three catches for 53 yards, and um, all three of those catches came on later downs, uh, either second, third, or fourth. He had a fourth down yeah. catch as well. So. It's, it's nice to see when guys can be clutch, you know, step yes. up like that uh, when you really need it. Um, just turns momentum in addition to obviously gaining the yards. Um, but when you mentioned a matter baby, not, you know, not to brag, but, you know, it's hard to catch that. I mean, he's at least it may have changed now, but going into last week, he's leading the Big Ten in touchdown receptions with nine. So, I mean, he's got 634 yards on the year on 33 catches. So hard to catch that, man. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, maybe he'll even get like a little Bolitnikoff invite. I mean, he'll probably win Big Ten Receiver of the Year, which would be awesome. Um, Austin Carr won Big Ten Receiver of the Year, and I think it was like 2017 or 2016. And he had like a historic season. So I know what it's like to have a good receiver, but unfortunately that was probably the only real time besides like when Jeremy Ebert was around that Northwestern's had like a true reliable receiver. They never really yeah. have. They always just kind of have a rotation of guys that contribute equally. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, by committee. Yeah, they're always a fucking by committee. And, I mean, it gets the job done for the most part, but this year obviously has not. Uh, moving on, defense. Defense looked uh, pretty shaky early on. The secondary has been tough to watch this year, man. And, I mean, you'll probably see it, especially if Peters plays. I'm not really sure how. I think you said his name. What was his name? Uh, Matt Robinson. Yeah, Matt Robinson's a backup. Yeah, I'm not sure how accurate he is, but I know that Peters can definitely make throws in tight windows, and you don't need tight windows when you play Northwestern secondary <laughs> because the windows are wide the fuck open, Johnny. So yeah, moving on, uh, Travis Willock, he led the team with six tackles. This is a guy that's had an up-and-down year. Uh, he had struggled early in the year. It still kind of has been with uh, missing tackles, which is something that's plagued Northwestern's defense all season, which sucks because last year... They were they had the Big Ten's leading tackler. They had uh, guys that were two guys top ten in sacks in the Big Ten, and this year they have like nobody anywhere in any category. So to see like basically the same defense just kind of fall off a cliff, it sucks. Um, wild play. I know you had said that you hadn't had a chance to tune in, so I'm gonna kind of try and paint this picture for you. But Joe Gaziano, I had talked about it last week, was a half sack away from tying mm-hmm. Northwestern's all time sack record. He got it. He got a sack over the weekend. Wasn't really a sack. So basically what had happened was, uh, I think it was second down, Tanner Morgan. They had the ball on the two-yard line. He began to roll out and met Gaziano and started to curl back. Like, he never fully left the pocket. Curled back into the pocket, just threw the ball away. Intentional grounding. He was, like, borderline on the end zone, too. It was a play that they reviewed for, like, almost three minutes. And they rewarded the Wildcats the safety, they rewarded the intentional grounding, and somehow rewarded Joe Gaziano the sack on the play. (laughs) So that was how he broke the school's all-time sack record, was a play that he 
I mean, he got him with his arm, but barely touched the quarterback. Yeah, that, that's a little wild because I would think that, you know, how can I mean, granted, it's hard for me to like kind of, you know, I didn't see the play. But like you had said, if he just gets his arm on him and it's like, well, if it's a penalty, how is there like the stat awarded then? But I guess someone had to force him. And if he's the closest by like in, you know, uh, in hockey, like the last person to, you know, uh, touch the puck touch like the, yeah the goal. yeah yeah even okay. if it's like you know they didn't like do shit or it like randomly hits off of them like you know, they still get awarded yeah. for it so yeah yeah so that was definitely interesting but definitely congrats to Joe on getting the record uh, something that he's been working for and something that you know Joe's a humble guy he's one of those guys that like he was like I couldn't have done it without my teammates I couldn't have done it without like the supporting cast so somewhat true. Um, he has had some menaces on the opposite side of the ball, defensive end wise, throughout his career. You know, other guys, guys that are playing on Sunday now, you know, like deep guys like Dean Lowry and shit like that. So for him, it, it kind of opened the gap for him early. And he's just always pounced. He's been a star in Northwestern's defense all four years that he's played. So that he that's going to be the guy that I miss the most from this team is going to be guys. So other than that, um, Junior linebacker Blake Gallagher got his third interception on the season, which leads the team, and he's a linebacker. That's not an intriguing stat at all. So he has three interceptions on the year. His three interceptions, he's got an interception the last each game the last three weeks. He has one in each game. So the interception streak is very much so alive. We'll see if he can get an interception this weekend against Illinois. Forcing turnovers is cool and tough, John. Cool and tough, and that's pretty much all we've done is get a Blake Gallagher interception once. Like, we've literally probably forced less turnovers in games we played this year. I guarantee that's a fact. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but, yeah, that's probably true. So, other than that, special teams, literally nothing. Um, Daniel Kubiak, senior punter, fifth-year senior. um, He was, like, a a preferred walk-on from Barrington. Got to punt. He started the year as the punter, and then he just got, like, randomly replaced by a uh, grad transfer, uh, Andrew David. So to see him be able to go in and uh, punt for his senior day, that was literally the only special teams they had. They didn't attempt a field goal. They only had, um, like, four total kickoff slash punt return yards. So, I mean, other than that, yeah. Um, Other than that, special teams did not play as big a factor besides the punts, which is pretty typical for the big time, but nothing of note, definitely no field goals or anything like that. Um, But, yeah, moving on, let's get into the players of the week, Johnny. Um, Definitely an interesting week for Northwestern. I have all new players of the week. So I will get right into that, but I'll let you get into your players of the week for the Illini first. So, uh, you know, in such a low scoring game, uh, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, really pick out because no one really stood out all that much. But uh, I'll give, you know, nods to both. I'm going to give you know, a couple of just nods, not really uh, honors here, I guess. But nod to Donnie Navarro with the touchdown grab. I know he's wide open, but still, um, you know, that's the only time the line I got on the board. So we'll celebrate that one. Uh, and then Dre Brown, uh, you know, with Reggie Corbin being out um, and Iowa's defense being so stout up front, uh, he did the hard nose run. Running. And uh, he had 14 carries, 67 yards. Like I had mentioned, Peters technically had the uh, team lead in uh, yards. He had 76. Uh, a lot of those unbroken plays or the pocket kind of collapsed and he was able to break up the middle. But uh, with Dre Brown, you know, senior running back, he, he is just like a, you know, a hard hat and lunch pail type of guy. Uh, doesn't doesn't care about 
uh, you know, running into contact and he can, you know, get through it sometimes. Whereas Corbin's more of your flashy back, uh, will bust it with speed and, you know, reverse field. But, uh, I'll give props to Dre Brown, you know, senior, uh, one of his last games here as an Illini. Um, but he had to pick up some of that slack and Iowa's defense is no joke. So uh, I'll give it to both of those guys on defense. Uh, Daley Harding, another senior, um, he, he's been tackles machine. Uh, he had 12 of them four solo, uh, one and a half for, uh, losses. Um, this past week at Iowa, and then a uh, I'm kind of going two part on these, uh, at least for offense and defense. Milo Eifler, uh, I like him a lot. He's just a really super athletic outside linebacker. Uh, but he had five tackles, all of those were solo, and he had two of them for losses. Uh, and a couple of those came at crucial situations on third down. So, um, Milo Eifler as well, uh, you know, when he's not getting suspended for punching offensive linemen, uh, he's making solo tackles. So, <laughs> it's good to see. Um, and then uh, on special teams, you know, uh, McCourt went one for two, so I kind of didn't give it to him. Blake Hayes didn't have his greatest game. I believe he had four punts on the day. Uh, Long was 49, but uh, I'll go with the long snapper because I feel like those guys don't get a lot of love. Uh, Ethan Table, um, he uh, has not really screwed up a snap all year. Uh, and, you know, those guys kind of, uh, you know, they, they got to be consistent and they don't get a lot of love. So uh, I'll give it to him, the long snapper this week. Um, and then since there wasn't much going on, you know, stat wise in this game for Illinois, I got an NFL one here to throw in too. Um, Malik Turner, uh, former Illini receiver, uh, he recorded his first NFL touchdown uh, catch and it was on a pretty play. I don't know if you saw it, it was in the Seahawks game. And he, uh, it was like kind of like the uh, flea flicker, but it was more of a pass back because it wasn't the standard handoff and then pitch back. I you know, it was kind of that. like it was like a sweep right, and then they threw it back to Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and then he bombed it downfield. And Turner made a, you know, he got behind the safety, made a really nice catch over, you know, it was over his head, uh, had to haul it in towards the back of the end zone, held on, uh, you know, got possession, and that was his first NFL touchdown. So, um, props. He to wears him. a number in like the teens, right? Doesn't he wear yeah, a number he's, nine, he's, nineteen he, or something? Yeah, he's, or? he's seven. He's seventeen. 17. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then he had, so got, the, you know, when the uh, Seahawks knocked off uh, the 49ers on uh, was that on a Monday night football game, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think um, Turner had some big catches uh, in that overtime. And uh, that kind of helped extend drives when it was a big third down catch. So uh, it's good. It's just good to see your guys succeed. Uh, I could go, you know, there's probably plenty more uh, offensive linemen, D linemen, uh, a couple linebackers from the Illini there. But that was the most notable one. It was kind of like a highlight real play. So props to Malik Turner. Oh, yeah. Good for him, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as Northwestern and the NFL, don't have too much news on that front. I actually... Um, Inside on you, Northwestern's SB Nation page puts out like a weekly like Northwestern the NFL roundup, and they literally like barely put anything out this week because like two people had a buy, fucking the Packers sucked, so like literally eighty percent of the Northwestern the NFL is all on the Packers. They have four players on the Packers. Yeah, so, yeah, um, but yeah. Other than that, player of the week, offense, pretty obvious. We're going to give it to the redshirt sophomore quarterback, Andrew Marty. Um, I hope to see just as much grit and determination out of him this week. He did have a career day, obviously. Like I said before in last episode, he had only really appeared in that Ohio State game, and that was really just because Fitz said he's from Cincinnati and he wanted him to play against Ohio State, and like I had said, I had told you this before, he only had those, I think, yeah, I said he only had one pass attempt, for, and it was for an interception, he had two pass attempts, but he threw an interception, so, but yeah, 0 for 2, one interception, obviously didn't have too much, like, 
to expect to see from him this past week, yeah. and he def- he definitely stepped up. Um, but yeah, defensively, we're gonna go with Trent Goins. He uh, was in the rotation all day on the defensive line. Played a little bit of defensive tackle, some defensive end. He actually ended up finishing. Uh, he played about thirty-eight percent of the defensive snaps, which all this sounds irrelevant, but like I had said, it was senior day. Super important. Got to play in a game against a ranked opponent in his last game as a senior. But the only reason all of this is even important is because Trent Goins had made the move to offense earlier in the year. And it's something that obviously to this point hasn't worked out. So it's nice to see the coaches allow him to go back on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. and actually like impact the game somewhat. So he actually did have a tackle for loss, which was pretty awesome to see. And he had, he finished the game with two tackles and he had two and a half tackles. So, but other than that, we're going to give the nod to him just because it's senior day, senior spirit. Um, other, nobody really had, I mean, Gallagher had the interception. I gave him the nod last week just for mainly having an interception. He only had like three tackles on the day. Willick had six tackles. That's not even impressive. So we're going to give it to Goins this week. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Johnny. It's the big kahuna, as you said, as you've put in our notes here. Yeah, we got the big kahuna coming up this weekend. We are definitely excited over here on Big Ten on Tap. And our goal, like we had said last week, is to get the fan bases excited about this game again. Kind of hard to do this year with a team that – doesn't have anything to play for, and another team that already played for what they needed to play for, and re- this game doesn't matter to them because the next game matters even more. Um, so, but yeah, we got Northwestern against U of I. It's going to be that dreaded 11 a.m. kick. You know, us being Northwest Suburbs guys, we were not looking forward to that track. Down, yeah. I think you're a, you're a Southwest Suburb guy, but... yeah. Me being a Northwest Suburb guy, I'm going to have to bounce to the Southwest Suburbs. Now, we're going to bounce down to Champaign. It's going to be a long yeah. day. I got I got, I got, got coffee. We'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, and once we get the beer in our system, I'm sure it'll be plenty fine, and the time won't even matter. The early wake-up call, it'll be worth it. So, exactly. other than that, the spread itself is totally in favor of the Illini right now. It opened up at 10.5-point favorites, and it is they're now 9.5-point favorites as it sits. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. This is the night before Thanksgiving, everybody. It's actually almost Thanksgiving. be Thanksgiving in about 45 minutes here. But, um, yeah, a lot of history with this matchup, Johnny. Why don't you take it away from here? Tell me a little bit of history about North, uh, the Northwestern Illini matchup. Yeah, so this is the 113th meeting um, all-time between these two schools. Uh, Illinois leads the series uh, with 55 wins. Northwestern has 52 wins. Uh, There have been five ties in the history of the rivalry. Um, Current win streak right now is Northwestern. Uh, They got four in a row from 2015 through last year, 2018. Um, You know, that ties uh, Northwestern's longest win streak in the series from uh, 1929 to 1932. Um, yeah, it, Northwestern is seven and three uh, in their last ten games in Champaign. Uh, Illinois' longest win streak in this rivalry came even further back in the glory days, if you want to call it that. Uh, nineteen thirteen, the, the teens, yeah, 19, <laughs> 19, 1913 to nineteen twenty eight. They won seven in a row. So um, the largest, you know, mar- this great website called Winsopedia. Uh, you can match it's up awesome. with any any college football teams. But uh, largest margin of victory for Illinois was eighteen ninety four. They won sixty six to nothing, and then uh, Northwestern stopped. 
stopped the Illini 48-0 in 1970. So uh, that's just a little bit of uh, uh, kind of background info history on this rivalry here. Um, obviously, they used to play for the Sweet Sioux Tomahawk. Uh, now it is the LOL hat, as I like to call it, the Land of Lincoln hat. Um, we'll be looking to take that back from you guys uh, this weekend. So, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, e- even with, like you had said, the circumstances surrounding uh, Northwestern right now. I mean, there's still pride on the line. You can never take that away, no matter what the records say. Uh, you know, those Northwestern seniors want to go out, give it their all in their last one, win a rivalry game. Uh, Illinois wants to build some momentum after losing the game last week. They want to build momentum going into uh, their bowl game, whenever that may be. Um, right now, I believe the Quicken Loans Bowl and the Pinstripe Bowl are what uh, top projectors have had them in. Um, so we'll, we'll see where they end up. But, you know, it's also going to uh, th- this could set themselves up for a better bowl, too. So uh, I think there still is something to play for here. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just going to be a fun one, man. I really can't wait to be down there with you uh, and your brother. Uh, obviously, you're drinking some beers early. No, no, never can go wrong with cracking bush lights at, you know, 9 a.m. Uh, in Lot 42. It's one of my <laughs> favorite weekend activities of all time. So um, I'm glad you'll get to experience it too as well, because um, we, like we had said last week, you know, you had, uh, you've told me that, you know, your last time in Champaign was for a bears game in like Oh three, whenever the hell they were down there uh, redoing soldier field. So um, I was just down there back in, uh, you know, uh, October for that Wisconsin game. So, uh, you know, wild times there. Uh, it'll be good. I uh, get the good vibes rolling back, uh, back in my old stomping grounds, John. Hell yeah, you're gonna have to show me around. I'm excited, man. Um, yeah, like I t- I've never been to like U of I's campus, like to actually look at the campus. I've I've only been down there one time. It was for a Bears game. We were actually late to that game. I've never even like disclosed that. So we like literally parked, went straight in the stadium, left, went home. Like that was my U of I experience. Didn't tailgate nothing. Um, bad planning on my dad's part, not to call him out. A uh, little bit of a side note, my brother actually did get an internship with uh, Sean and Maya in the morning, the radio station. He's actually going to be meeting with Sean. This is super last minute. He just told me uh, this morning. So obviously he's not going to be able to t- attend, unfortunately. I, ah, do have, gotcha. I do have a buddy that might be able to come. But I mean, regardless, two's a party, man. We're going to have a great fucking time. Um, I'm excited. I'll yeah, drink some fucking bush light with you, man. Yeah. What, what, is, what is it from Billy? I said it only takes two to tango. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of old movie references, I see you got, uh, I see you got a couple in here. So all right. All right. All right. I do. Yeah. We got, we got trash talk. We got trash talk coming up guys. Um, this one is a little bit different than in weeks past because we are talking about each other's teams this week. And I filled my trash talk notes out before Johnny did, and mine are looking a little light, to be quite honest. Johnny went all out. So I'm going to let you go first. Maybe I can accumulate something else to kind of slot in here <laughs> as you as you go along. But holy shit, he's definitely not taking it easy on me, guys. Come all right, on. yeah. So just for the record, John and I, we're friends. We love each other. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've, we've, been doing, we've been doing this together. But, you know, it, when you have a rival team, uh, you're going to talk trash about him. And that's why we kind of brought this up. And before it was fun, cause we kind of saw, you know, uh, both got to gang up on separate, uh, big 10 teams, but I guess that was all leading up 
building up to this and we can uh, unleash it on each other. So here goes my Northwestern trash talk. Uh, one of my favorite, you know, uh, insults, fucking nerds, you know, fucking nerds are academic school. I know Illinois is good academic school as well, but that was always just, you know, the line of thinking because they, what they call themselves the Harvard of the Midwest. So fucking nerds get out of here. Um, and then another thing uh, in Chicago, they love the Chicago's big 10 team. And there's that whole, you know, pitch back and forth. I don't know if you remember, I think it was like 2012, 2013 when Illinois kind of ran the our state our team is kind of like a jab back at it and like they you know eventually they, they have a new one like every year so this year's is like join the fight for Illini athletics whatever um but anyway you know there's there's this thread on twitter that i saw and it uh highlighted how northwestern uses like it was a photographer she's like you know northwestern really uses these specialty manipulative lenses on cameras when they take pictures from uh, their facilities or from their campus to make Chicago look closer or more defined uh, with the skyline. So they always like to say that, you know, we're in Chicago. It's nope. Sorry. When you look it up, you're in Evanston. So uh, city of Evanston, e- Evanston's big 10 team for sure. I'll give you that. Um, the, the, let's see the, uh, you know, first place last year in the big 10 West to uh, dead last. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It proves that was an anomaly. Um, and they got lucky and they got a lot of help. So, um, I'm going to discredit your uh, latest accomplishment getting to the big 10 championship. So there you go. Um, my other one is, you know, you had, I actually wasn't going to put this one in there. I didn't have anything about Fitz, but when I saw you have the lovey one in here, I'll take a jab at your head coach as well. Um, I said, Fitz is just Wooderson from days and confused. You can't let go of the glory days, you know? Best thing about these college football players, man, I keep getting older. They stay the same age. All right, all right, all right. Uh, had to go there. Had to go there. Um, I think uh, it was Mark Lazarus. You know, I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Mark Lazarus is a beat writer for the athletic, uh, for the Blackhawks. And uh, he had said this, you know, and I believe he is a Northwestern grad himself. But he had said, you know, not only are they losers, they're boring losers. Uh, they're very boring when they, you know, they had that four week stretch where they scored or three week stretch where they scored 16 points. Um, you know, you got that kind of, you know, just no life on offense, a lot of punts. I know there's a lot of punts already in the big 10, but still, uh, man, like I said, Illinois lowest total in points came this last week when they put up 10 and what Northwestern has had plenty of games where they put up three, you know, six or less. So, um, they're just boring and they straight up suck this year. No other way to put it. Illinois is going to win. No doubt in my mind. So John, Turn the tables. Go ahead. Let me have it. Uh, like I said, you know, all, all in good fun here, but we, we got to air it out. Total side note. Fuck Mark Lazarus. A hundred percent. I got into a Twitter feud with him like three years ago and it wasn't even like that serious and he blocked me. So total. Yeah, he, 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 he's like weird like that. He gets like kind of like in like combative like situations. Yeah, with it was people. a Northwestern related argument and, and, it, and it like, like started from the official page and I just responded to a tweet that he put and it wasn't even that bad. It was more so just like, buddy, calm down. Like, I don't remember, but and he, he's blocking. like, yeah, it, like it was, a, he's like the, it's my way or the highway type of guy, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like, I basically, and obviously it's opinionated, whatever it's sports. I thought his opinion was wrong. So I, inserted my opinion and he did not agree with it um but yeah moving on uh it's time guys you know the land of lincoln trophy is going to stay exactly where it belongs you had said last season was an anomaly i don't think eight and one in big time play while beating a ranked opponent by 17 at halftime for your only conference loss where you only lost by three points. Don't think that's an anomaly, but I'll let you, I'll let you get away with that one there (laughs) because obviously they do suck this year. Um, But yeah, 
Like, like I said, obviously I have a little Lovey Smith jab in here. Loved Lovey when I was, I'm a, I am a Bears guy. Honestly, I still do like Lovey. I like what he's doing with the U of I program, but this is trash talking and my man looks homeless and he needs to shave his fucking beard ASAP. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's holiday season, but he needs yeah. to tone it down. It looks like he hasn't shaved since he accepted the head coaching yeah. job at U of Lo- I. Lovey Claus. Yes. So... Lovey ball. Lovey needs to get a ballpoint razor and shave his fucking face. Uh, moving on, U of I, 100% of basketball school. You know, obviously Northwestern Academic School. U of I, they call themselves a basketball school. They've literally finished in the bottom five in the Big Ten the, like multiple times in the past 10 years. So not a basketball school. Maybe a basketball school at one point. I'll give you guys that, but not, not now. Um, Ron Zook left you guys, no matter how they made it seem. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw that in there. I know that he obviously Zucker. had quite the uh, quite the departure there, but you know Zook wanted out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be the first yeah, to say it. It, it. it was without the illegal shit, but I kind of think of that as like the Hugh Freeze era at Ole yes. Miss. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Kinda, that, that's that's kind of how I think of that. I wonder what the fuck that dude's up to. I'm gonna he's coaching. He's coaching at uh, I believe Liberty. That's impressive. They're, yeah. Did you know they're independent? They're D1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. Awesome. Uh, I looked that up because I was kind of wondering where he was. Yeah. Uh, I just remember those old Miss teams, like when they beat Alabama, like, you know, years back, and they had all those illegal recruits and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's the car. All right, so uh, moving on, um, the very last tidbit that I'll put in here, which is more so true for my lifespan than, like, the actual rivalries lifespan but and this is through personal experience too, so shout out beat on. But they're kind of like that big brother that used to beat up on you when you were younger, and then you just kind of started growing and growing silently, slowly, and then you just start beating the shit out of your older brother because you're bigger and better than them now. That's how I view the Northwestern <laughs> Illinois rivalry over the last ten years. Um, but yeah, other than that, <laughs> I, we've we've done this with a smile on our face the whole time, and I can't like I can't even contain it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm excited for this weekend, man. This is the yeah. most excited I've probably ever been for a Northwestern U of I matchup. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited. Obviously, just you know the personal uh, connection, being there, all of that good stuff. I just want to contest one point. You said basketball school. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. We're a golf school, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the North the Northwestern's a women's lacrosse school. If we're going yeah, off that, see? there's field hockey or whatever the fuck it is. They they yeah. have a shit ton of championships in one of those sports. But all right. Um, we like to do this on Big Ten on tap. Obviously, we are going to be transitioning mostly into basketball here in the next couple of weeks, so it's only right that we wrap this up. Um, Johnny's team is the only team that has a football game after this week, so <laughs> and they don't play it for like well, probably a month. We don't, we won't know until ne- uh, Sunday. So, right, Sunday, right? No, I don't uh, know. Big, when, oh, honestly, next, don't know when, the uh, next, the next Sunday because oh, yeah, the championship week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rivalry Week, Championship Week, Selection Sunday. Okay, but moving on, um, I'll take the lead on uh, Northwestern's basketball games because they've actually played three, and I'll, I'll zip through these. I know the Illini have played two games since um, we have last spoke. We had actually recorded on a Friday night last time, and Northwestern had, was hosting Norfolk State for a uh, Fort Myers tip-off on-campus game, which is what they've been doing their last four games, actually. That that loss to Radford was an on-campus game, too. Ooh, so nice. if you want my opinion, Radford should have been in fucking Fort Myers this past week and not Northwestern. Yeah. But 
that's I mean, and even I'm a Northwestern fan, but Northwestern beat Norfolk State. Um, they beat them by double digits. I believe the final was 70 to 59. Uh, they had led the whole game. That was a game where Ryan Young, the redshirt freshman senior that has been kind of stepping up as of late, he definitely had a coming out party. Um, yeah, he had a great game. He scored in double figures. Pete Nance has been a constant. He's, he scored in double figures. His defense has gotten a lot better this year. He is clearly made the biggest jump on the team in my opinion from freshman to sophomore year so we're going to definitely talk about him probably a lot in the coming future and um pat spencer asserted himself as definitely the starting point guard he has been splitting time with boo booey who is a true freshman you know pat spencer the grad transfer senior from loyola maryland that most people if you haven't heard from this point like at, at this point he played fucking lacrosse. We get it. <laughs> the announce every single game. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a drinking game. Oh, it's when like I watch basketball it, it's like it, it's like oh, did you know Pat Mahomes' dad played in the MLB? Whenever there's a Sunday night game with the Chiefs in it, <laughs> yeah. So every fucking time, every time, it's, it's the worst. So we'll get it every single time. Um, but he has looked really, really good. And I actually didn't get a chance to catch this Norfolk State game. It was one of those. BTN plus games and you me and you talked about this before the show and you have a way better tangent to go on than I do about it so I'm gonna save that for you because I just I I fucking hate BTN plus flat like you're gonna make me pay to watch and no offense to them they're trying and they're they they're eventually could be great and you're gonna make me watch a fucking student announce a game most likely not be good at I've seen a couple decent BTN plus games A couple decent ones, but most likely it's like it turns you off and, you know, yeah, not I, I got a couple comments on it, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah not going to pay money to do it. But moving on, uh, Northwestern did have a holiday tournament that they played and it just ended about an hour ago, not in the fashion that they would have wanted. But they opened up against an in-state opponent that they haven't played in seven years, actually. So it was cool to see they played Bradley. Uh, team down in the Missouri Valley Conference. They actually made the NCAA tournament last year, returned mostly the same lineup. I think they only graduated two players off that roster and only like 8% of their scoring. I don't remember. They were talking about it on the broadcast. But Northwestern dominated this game start to finish, Johnny. They looked like an absolutely, completely different basketball team than what... So, so the thing is, is I've only watched three Northwestern basketball games this year because they're the only three that have been on TV, and they're two mm-hmm. and one in the ones that I've watched, and they've looked good in all of them. But their record says otherwise. They're very inconsistent. inconsistent. Very inconsistent. Oh, so, we said that at like the same time. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Hopefully, the audio picked that up at the same time too. I'm just lap it over. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So Pat Spencer, the lacrosse transfer. 23 points, eight assists, and an absolute 110 fucking percent electricity level the whole game, Johnny. Was just an electric factory. They're gonna so yeah. sports center, someone barstool is gonna pick up on this dude, and there he is going to start getting some serious tick, I'm telling you, because he is not only fun to watch, but he's so like you wouldn't you wouldn't guess it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. looking at him, you wouldn't guess he plays the way he plays. So yeah. Out of heart, definitely the team leader that this team really needed to emerge. And it's allowing them to go deeper and deeper onto their bench. Because this is like, he was like the biggest question mark on the team coming into the year. Because it's like, how many minutes is he actually going to play? Is he actually going to be serviceable? Or is this just a fucking media, like, hoorah? Straight up. So, and Northwestern loves those, by the way. Like, (laughs) they have a fucking 
They have like what Butler's team manager from last year they picked up. I don't know. There's a lot of like weird storylines on their fucking basketball team, which we will delve into as the year progresses. But for the time being, they beat Bradley in convincing fashion. They almost won by like 30 points. I don't have the final score pulled up in front of me, but they just lost to Pitt in a game that they played. They were down 27 to 25 at the half, or 25 to 23 at the half. They ended up actually losing 70 to 57. So obviously Pitt kind of, and they stretched it out. Like I was telling you, it was like a seven point game or an eight point game. And I look away and I look back and I feel like they were down by like fucking 20. Like they just gave up a ton of threes in a row down the stretch. Didn't look good. Wasn't impressive. So that definitely sucked to see it. Would have been nice to see them, you know, come away. This team has been playing together because they had this European trip. They played four games there. They've already played six games, so they're technically officially at 10 games played together, and you can see it. You can actually see it watching them, opposed mm-hmm. to what you like. And I hope they start stringing it together. They have a tough stretch. Their next five games, they have to play Boston College Tuesday, and then they play Purdue, and then they play like SIU Edwardsville or some shit, and then they have to play Michigan State, and then fucking DePaul. And DePaul is actually good this year. Yeah, so they got a gauntlet. It's going to be tough. And I hope that even if they're not winning these games, they're taking something away and they're progressing from each of these games because it's really, at this point, they have to just start winning their Big Ten games. They have to just start focusing on the conference schedule. That Boston College game obviously looms important. That DePaul game looms important as well. But there's nothing more important than them trying to – pulling away with a victory in any of, like either the Purdue or the Michigan State game would be huge for this team. Huge. I, I, I could see it happening against Purdue. I could. They're really rocky to start the year. So, I mean, um, all their games are televised from this point forward, which I'm so fucking thankful for, whether it be on BTN – Fox Sports 1, ESPNU, they have zero games on ESPN this year. They only play, like, two games on ESPNU, and then the rest is on, like, BTN. And I don't know if that's the Big Ten trying to contain more of their shit towards Fox, which it seems like they have been trying to do with the basketball as of years past. Well, they're owned by Fox, so. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, even, like, still, like, college football, you still get a lot of, like, ESPN Big Ten shit. But, yeah. uh, Yeah, we obviously don't know the logistics behind that. But, um, yeah. I am really looking forward to see how they produce over this next five-game stretch. If I had to insert a little prediction, I think two and three is more on the reasonable side. I actually think this is the year DePaul gets the best of us. We this uh, I think next year is the end of the series, but we had a four-year series, and we've won the first two against DePaul. So... Hopefully we could fucking win the series this year outright <laughs> and not even have to worry about the next uh, season game. Obviously would have to worry about it, but not for now. So other than that, um, Northwestern basketballers, I like to call it catsketball, very inconsistent, very rocky to start the year. So definitely something to look at and pay close attention to over the next couple of weeks. People, I know it's holiday season. They take that weird like week and a half off in December for like obviously Christmas break and all that. So they have like a 13-day span where they don't play a game at all. So maybe that time away, we'll see how they do. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. So uh, I'll get into Illini hoops here really quick. Mine will be a lot quicker than that. 
um, because I've been running a lot of Blackhawks coverage. I host the Four Feathers podcast over on the ONTAP Sportsnet. So uh, these past two games uh, that have taken place since we last talked, John, um, I was at one of the Hawks games, and then I was watching. I was out uh, with a couple friends at the bar watching the other one on Saturday night. Um, and I didn't miss much. I mean, I miss, I guess I missed some scoring uh, here because, you know, uh, I'll get to these final scores in a second. But I do need to lead this off with a correction of myself from previous episodes. Um, Kofi Coburn, the, uh, you know, big man, Kofi, the man in the middle, uh, big time recruit, uh, big center. I just learned today, I thought that the announcers were just trying to avoid it. Um, the pronunciation of his name, you know, it's spelled C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N. You would think Cockburn uh, by English pronunciation. So he is Jamaican, originally Jamaican, and then moved to New York, uh, where, you know, obviously played high school and uh, travel and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, from the Jamaican pronunciation is Coburn. So I do need to issue a correction on that for myself. But uh, I think for the memes and the jokes every <laughs> once in a while, it's funny to use Cockburn. So I will call him Kofi Coburn. Coburn, uh, since we're, you know, uh, I, I want to be respectful to him, you know, I, hell, if I can get him on the podcast sometime, that'd be great. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to clear that up. So I, I have been uh, wrong on that over the past. But anyway, uh, he's a big part. Hilarious. Yeah, he, he's, he's been a big part of uh, what they've done over these past two games. Uh, on Saturday night, Illinois played Hampton and they put up 120, uh, 120 to 71 win. Um, and then on Tuesday night, they won 117 to 65. So uh, that second the record for most points in consecutive games in Illinois basketball history with 237 in those combined contests. So um, like I said, I don't have too many observations that have changed from the past one. Obviously, pushing the pace more, shooting the three at a better clip, definitely. Uh, so that was good to see uh, from them. But other than that, I mean, Io is just a playmaker, man. He takes the ball to the rim. Uh, he creates for himself. He can create for others. Uh, they lobbed a Kofi Coburn a lot, which is, I mean, he's such a force down there. I can't wait to see him match up against Big Ten big men, even as a freshman, man. Uh, he's just been taking home honors left and right. You know, freshman of the week, I believe, already twice uh, so far in this young season. Uh, and he's going to get some Big Ten player of the week recognitions coming up uh, in the future, I would imagine. So, um, honestly, I'll keep it short, sweet, and to the point there uh, for that and just look ahead a little bit here. Um, like I said, you know, two wins uh, against, you know, two small schools. Uh, Illinois has got a uh, – um, they have uh, Miami coming up, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, that is in Champaign on Monday, December 2nd. Uh, so that, that will be a game that's on ESPN two six o'clock start. So the early game on that slate for the big 10 ACC challenge, um, to honestly don't know all that much about Miami. It's hard to do a bunch of these scouting reports when we're still kind of really heavily focused on football season. But then after that, uh, they have that two game stretch against big 10 opponents, like you had said, and we kind of both hate, uh, but they do that. Uh, that's just how they've converted the schedule over about the past two years. Now, uh, they got Maryland, uh, it, at Maryland, um, on Saturday, the 7th of December, and then they are home against Michigan uh, the following Wednesday, the 11th. Uh, and uh, then they go back to the non-conference. Uh, they got Old Dominion at home uh, that following Saturday, the 14th. And then uh, bragging rights. So then they're off for a week. I believe that's Illinois' final week. Then in between there, um, they're off for that week. And then the following Saturday, the 21st of December, uh, bragging rights in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and since I have a, a platform here, I'm going to voice my complaints here. I went to that bragging rights game last year, and it sucked that Illinois lost. But it was a great time. Met up with a bunch of my buddies. Uh, I had got a bunch of guys from my frat back at U of I uh, that are from the St. Louis area in southern Illinois. 
Um, so I was able to meet up with a shit ton of them that I hadn't seen in like, you know, a couple of years. And, uh, it was a great time. We all went out during the day, got food, uh, you know, got some beers, went to a little dive bar and then made our way over to the game. Uh, and it was a seven o'clock start and we had a box there. So we were drinking all game and just, you know, went out to ballpark village after made a whole night of it, made a whole kind of reunion thing for our friends. And this year it's a 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock start in the afternoon. That's worse than an 11 a.m. kickoff for football, in my opinion. Um, may, maybe they're trying to cut down on the rowdiness. Uh, I don't know if the – I doubt the Blues would be playing that night because they play in the Scott Trade Center as well um, where that game is hosted down in St. Louis. But that, that, there's my uh, – what really grinds my gears when it comes to Illinois basketball here this week, and that's more on uh, the Scott Trade Center and the scheduling of this game. So I um, just wanted to leave it at that. And then a comment, like I kind of just thinking of these things as they're coming up. Uh, what you had said about BTN, you know, plus, um, you know, like the student you like calls and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like I can kind of sympathize with them because they're trying to get their feet wet in like the media landscape, uh, you know, but you're right. Sometimes it can like, you know, just throw you off when they, when they completely call the wrong name of a guy uh, who, who like throws down a dunk or something. It's like, come on, man. Like, it just takes it. It, draw, it deters you away from it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that front. But other than that, that is all I've got for Illinois basketball. Just a little more ranting uh, than actual substance there for you, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch. I got, I got, you know, Hawks are my number one priority uh, right now as they're in season, and you know, we're doing post game reactions for that. Uh, we got the Four Feathers podcast rolling as well, uh, articles on the daily transactions and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, and they're an intriguing team to watch as well. So uh, when they play at the same time. Sorry, Hawks get my first attention. They'll get my first screen always. So um, that's it, John. That's all I've got for Illini basketball. Yeah, and I guess that means that's all we got this week for Big Ten on tap, guys. Um, as always, it has been a pleasure. But, I mean, Johnny, let's let's fucking do it, man. Next, I'm going to see you in a couple days. Next time we talk, we'll probably try and put out some live content, guys. Pictures, like Johnny had said, videos, whatever we can provide you guys. We will definitely do videos of the tailgate. Try shock on a couple beers. Who knows? So, um, and as far as weather, it's been fluctuating throughout the week. It it might rain. It says it's like a fifty percent chance as of right now. The only thing I'm mad about is at one point it said it was going to be like a high of fifty nine, and now it's down to like a high of forty eight. So, cold rain, never fun. Layer um, up. <laughs> layer layer it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, other than that, let's close this out, Johnny. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it, John. I L L I and I go and I go. Oh, God.